0: Welcome to Leicester Fan TV, with special thanks to our pals at ADT Taxis, Beat Me, Piglet's Pantry, Tiger, Leicester Garage Conversions, Pink Vehicle Leasing, Hologram, The Fox's Arms, Moyer Weight Interiors, and our chosen charity Memphis UK. We bring you the fans' views on the match each week, and your views matter to us. Join the fans debate each match with us. Follow us at TV.
2: Welcome to Leicester Fan TV. My name is Phil. It's Monday night. This is the Fan Zone show special. We're live tonight. We've got Craig coming in from the Anfield agenda. So you can ask him any questions you want to ask a Liverpudlian fan. So get your views and get your comments in as ever. We're your show. We want to get your views in. It's the big game next Sunday. It is Liverpool against Leicester. Can we end their unbeaten home street? We'll be asking Craig that, but I want to know. Your views, get your comments in there. Darren says, good evening, good evening to you. Locks, how are you as well? Good evening. Don't forget, you get your comments in. We can get as many of them on screen as you can. Dave, hope you're well. Sean, hope you're well as well. Uh, John, good evening to you. Get your views in, get your comments in. What do you want to ask myself and what do you want to ask Craig? Obviously, big topic this week is Liverpool against Leicester. Let's get Craig in. Let's add him in. Good evening, Craig. How are you?
1: I'm very well, Phil. Better than can be uh, said for a lot of our players by the sounds <laughs> of my friend, but I'm glad to be on.
2: Yeah, and Craig, you're from the Anfield Agenda, obviously. You're, you're massive Liverpool fans. Uh, you were saying just before we came on live, you think you're cleaning your boots for this weekend?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, man. I can are my inner Jan Molby, I think, and, and <laughs> go on there and do, do a job. It's, it's getting worse. And as you said to me, Phil, before we came on, there's still another international to go through.
2: Whose, whose bright idea was it that in a year with coronavirus uh, games and all this to suddenly let's do three internationals in a break? Whose idea yeah, was let's, that?
1: Let's, let's squeeze three in as well where <laughs> yeah. we normally have two. So two. September, October, November. It's ridiculous. Well, it's,
2: it's, it's just strange. It, it is a bit bizarre, isn't it, that they're trying to get this third game
1: in in this little
2: sequence as well.
1: It's mad. Now, you can understand the playoffs that Scotland, Northern Ireland, and stuff were involved in. They've got to be done. Even the Nations League, but nobody will ever convince me that that friendly between Ireland and England and Wembley was had any relevance whatsoever. It was it was stupidity.
2: Yeah, indeed, and obviously it's it's having an effect. How many players have you lost in these this international break, Craig?
1: Uh, last count, 7,423. I think. <laughs> but no, I think there's seven doubts, Phil, seven doubts of, of first-teamers for us. Now, a couple of them we knew gone into the international break, but I suppose it's Hendo Robbo, really, that the big question marks are over. Are they question marks or are they out? Do you know yet? We don't know, but you know what? I'm... I'm I'm being cynical on this one. I think it's. I think that Robbo had a vicious hangover after celebrating <laughs> with Scotland. And I thought, I, you know, they've already qualified, so they're probably thinking, okay, we, we give Robbo a rest. So I'm hoping beyond hope that we'll get some good news, particularly on, on Robbo, because we you can't be without another fullback. To be honest with you, it's it's yeah. difficult. But you know, we'll, we'll roll with the point. I'm hoping beyond hope that there's a there's just something positive this week to come later on, maybe.
2: Yeah, indeed, it is going to be interesting. I mean, your back back lineup, your back four, is stretched to the limit a little bit, isn't it?
1: It is, but you know what made me laugh today? I've seen a story somewhere that suggested Barcelona wanted to come in and take Joel Matip in January. I mean, (laughs) he's the only one we've got left! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's crazy. We've got Obviously, Trent Alexander-Arnold, uh, we've got Van Dijk out, as you know of, and now, unfortunately, he's been joined on the long-term list by Joe Gomez, so we're hoping Fabinho will be back and available, and he probably slip in alongside Joe Matic, but, you know, do you go with James Milner at right-back? Do you switch full maybe bring uh, a Greek left-back, Simikas across, or switch Robbo? We could even play Hendo at right-back if he's fit. It's um, Or young Nico Williams, of course, as well, but uh, I have a feeling we'll see Jimmy Milner coming in at right-back.
2: There's uh, Matty who's watching on YouTube said heard he says it heard Liverpool's keeper might have to self isolate. There has been a little bit of uh, COVID amongst the team, hasn't there? Or is that rumours again?
1: From what I can gather, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm open to be corrected on this, I've seen that there was a Brazilian player tested positive. The rest of the Brazilian squad was tested, and they all came back negative. That's all I can say at this moment in time. Um, obviously, these things are evolving, and each day the groups together longer, they're continuing to be tested. So, unless there's something new, not that I'm aware of, I mean, not the last thing we need now is to stick Adriana in there for this one. That would really, that would really hurt. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, Phil. <laughs> Um, Jamie
2: says here, he says there's a lot of injuries for both sides, because Leicester are with a, without about five of what we would sort of class as our first-team players, Sion, Koo, uh, Ricardo Pereira, Castagna. You know, we've got four or five who would probably go into the first team. Although, for us, I don't know about you, Craig, but it's, it's given some of these players who perhaps weren't straightforward first-team choices, it's given them a chance, and some of them are really taking it with both hands. it Has it been, it's yeah, been it's- the same for Liverpool?
1: Yeah, there's always a positive, I suppose, to be taken from any of these situations. And I can only really speak from our side, but we've seen young Reese Williams come through at centre-back, given an opportunity. We've seen Nat Phillips, who looked like he was out in the cold, potentially going to Bristol City during the summer window. He came in and did a great job as well. So, yeah, there's always positives. We've got a young guy called Billy Cometio as well as a very good centre-back coming through. It does give these lads options. And as fans, we often, we live in this deluded world where sometimes we, we want young players to come through, but then when they get the opportunity, we're all nervous and we're all worried about how they'll react. But I genuinely have great belief in Jurgen Klopp and our coaching staff. And if they think somebody's ready for the opportunity, who am I to second guess?
2: Um, indeed. Andy, who's watching Andy Murdoch, says Jamie Vardy is, is already at Anfield, raring to go. Is he, is he the man to fear from Leicester
1: in your eyes? 100% I mean I'm not going to lie I've, I've the utmost of respect for Jamie Vardy but he petrifies me he is uh, I mean just in the kindest way but he's an animal he just he's biting at your heels he doesn't give you a second he mightn't be involved in a game for 89 minutes you give him a sniff Um he's brilliant I have to say he's a role model for any player out there not to give up and yeah he's you know, he'd be the one I think most of our li- Now, of course we'd have respect for many Leicester City players but he would be the one that you'd be thinking could get out of centre back potentially like you say, he is one of those players, he, he, he literally can do almost nothing for a lot of the game. He,
2: running around, yes, but he can sometimes he can score two goals and he's had two touches, but that's what you want in a striker. I've had a question here for you, Craig. Um, I need to find it. Uh, Mick Padgett, it says, Craig, who would be your main threat to us from your point of view, do you think? Somebody we should watch out with. I know there's big names, but
1: who do you think is one to watch? Diogo Jota. Um, um where are we fallen in love with this guy already? Honestly, we knew about the work rate. We knew Pep Linders has good contacts with our, our second coach, good contacts in Portugal. He got glowing references about him. And I'm not gonna lie, there's a few eyebrows raised from our sides, Phil, with the with the price tag of gone up to maybe forty-six million, but it looks like an absolute snip. And he has settled in really quickly. And he's scored some big goals for us already. And you know, he could be forcing Roberto Firmino to to drop a little bit deeper in these games moving forward. Um, him, I would definitely say Diogo Jota.
2: So I think Firmino's a bit of a... Well, not an unsung hero, because obviously he's highly praised. But he does a lot of the a lot of the carrying work and a lot of the... He's he's a bit of the glue, I think, for you at times. So, um, you think he might drop a bit deeper then to, to make way?
1: There's... A kind of mystique around the Mohamed Salah situation right now. We're hearing mixed things from the Egyptian Minister for Sport and there's a p- talk of a potential retest from Mohamed Salah on Thursday. So we'll work off the assumption that, that Salah's not going to play. I think that's fairly safe. Um, in that scenario, I'm not sure if we will see Bobby Firmino drop deeper, but when we've got everybody available, it's looking like he's going to drop into that attacking midfield position. The big question, I suppose, with our system will be what happens with Thiago? Because this new system, I think, is designed around getting the best out of Thiago, giving Liverpool an extra dimension through the middle of the park. Because as you probably know, we with Van Dijk and our fullbacks, they're usually our outlets moving forward. But I think the idea behind Thiago was to give us that plan B or plan C. So if he's available, then I think we'll probably see a, a 4-2-3-1, 4-2-1-3 or 4-2-2-2 kind of system. Uh,
2: we're dodging around here, Craig. Hope you don't mind. Andy said, and I think it's a good point to bring up here, very sad to hear, I know a lot of Leicester fans we did a post yesterday, obviously, about Ray Clements.
1: Extremely sad. Obviously, we know Ray had been bat- battling pancreatic cancer in 2005. Um, I-, I never had the privilege of meeting the man, but you often at times hear lovely stories that tell you about the character of the person. And I've been enjoying hearing the likes of Phil Thompson. And, and obviously, he's a great player for Spurs as well. Hearing yeah. a lot of people say warm things about him. It- it's a terribly sad situation, of course your love and respect go out to the entire family.
2: Yeah, indeed. And he played he played at a time where there was a lot of good keepers for England. He really, probably in a different era, would have picked up a heck of a lot more caps as well at that level, wouldn't he?
1: Yeah, it was difficult he ran into Peter Shilton, wasn't it? To be fair, I mean, again, Peter Shilton, what a goalkeeper. He he was, um, yeah, look, Ray Clements is probably the best goalkeeper Liverpool have ever had. That's what I will put him. You'd go that hope far, Palace, yeah. I think he was fantastic. Uh, Again, before my time, but from what I've heard, what I've read, what I've watched, um, he's certainly regarded amongst our fan base right up there. And look, it's a terribly sad day for football all round. Craig, you won't believe it, but I'm old enough to remember watching him play live. He was a great keeper. He really
2: was. I remember seeing him down at Filbert Street back in the day in the late 70s, early 80s. And, And just while we were on that era, Craig, I believe I'm right in saying, Jamie, one of our guys who was speaking with you, is a bit of our stato, And he says that you're going potentially for your record uh, 64th home league undefeated game against Leicester on Sunday. Um, Apparently, the last time you tried to get to 64 was back in the early 80s, about 81, and the team who who beat you was Leicester. Are you aware of that fact?
1: I'd like to give you an answer. No. And I'd like to give you an answer that said uh, that doesn't matter. But you know what? This year is crazy, and yeah. I don't even know what to believe anymore, Phil, with regards so, to what we is believe going that's to the
2: okay. truth. We believe that's a true fact. Oh, no, so, sorry. But, I didn't mean that. Well,
1: I mean, the fact definitely. I mean, yeah. I don't know what to believe with regards to my feelings these days. Oh, right. it's,
2: it's difficult. <laughs> so, we're just wondering all us Leicester fans are big believers in fate now. Obviously, after we uh, won the Premier League that, that season, we're all like, dreams can happen. So, we're just like, think, well, it's written in the stars that we can come to Anfield on Sunday and. Uh, stop you getting to that 64th?
1: Look, hand on heart, if I'm being honest, I don't think that'll happen. I think I think a draw is potential. Oh, but look, I said, didn't expect us to get destroyed by Aston Villa. Anything can happen. It's football. Leicester are a great side, but we really are resilient at Anfield under Klopp. That's one thing I will say, and um, they'll want to keep that record going. Uh, Jay asks this,
2: and I think this is an interesting one. I think it's very early in the season, but as a Liverpool fan, do you feel like Liverpool are do you feel like Leicester are at all title contenders or not, Craig? Be on and I'd rather be honest and say, no, we, we just don't think they are, or they are.
1: I would say no, respectfully, but I mean this in a way that I think you're in a position of your evolution where you've got a fantastic first eleven, but if there are some key injuries situation we were in ourselves years ago before we strengthened their squad Um, I have tremendous respect for Brendan Rodgers as a coach and I think Brendan Rodgers should be at the elite level and you cannot deny his progression of younger players and his coaching I just think and it's very difficult this season particularly to predict because it looks like a very open title race and if anybody sticks run a run of five or six wins together they could really push up there it's very difficult to predict because you're talking about Chelsea who've spent a load of money um, we don't know how they'll get on. Everton had a great start to of falling off a bit. So there's always a surprise package. And not that Leicester will be so much of a surprise package, but I think Champions League places are certainly within Leicester's grasp this season. But um, I'm very single-minded in my uh, belief, maybe wrongly, that we're going to go back-to-back this season.
2: I, it's such a strange season. I, I think that would be a massive achievement if you could. I think there's, there's already proven this season there's some strange results in there where... Uh, I think there's lots of twists and turns. Craig, while we've got you on, again, one of the things I'd like to ask you about is obviously Brendan Rodgers. There's that connection there. Um, I know personally from my point of view, certainly the second half of last season and some of this season even, I'm quite well known for screaming at Brendan Rodgers here and there because he doesn't seem to have a plan B. When we need to mix things up, when we're 1-0 down with five minutes to go, we just continue playing the same way. Now, luckily, we're doing really well at the moment, but... Was this something that you guys spotted while he was obviously manager at Liverpool that he seemed very focused on a way of playing? I noticed with Jurgen Klopp, more than happy when it comes to it to switch it around and go long ball. You know, he's got he's got multifacets to his game.
1: Yeah, again, this is a difficult When He was at Liverpool. The, I suppose the big critique you would have got from our fans was he was awful in Europe for a start. When we went to, like, to leaving Stephen Gerrard on the bench in the Bernabeu was unforgivable for us. Um, and look, he is a young manager who was building his tactics and he's building his fold, if you want to look at it that way. Um, some managers are stubborn. What I found about Brendan Rodgers, my biggest critique of him would be that he he was too how do I say this? He threw a lot of players under the bus. That, that's one thing I would say. I don't know how he's acted at Leicester City because obviously I haven't watched um, as much as I would have Liverpool. But last season, I think yourselves and Sheffield United were the most unlucky teams with that break. Without that enforced break, you will be playing Champions League football this season, I think, without a shadow of a doubt. And again, Sheffield United and Chris Wilder, very unfortunate. They could have made a push for Europa League football. Rodgers, to me, is somebody who doesn't get the credit he deserves at times. And, um, some Liverpool fans will, will speak about Brendan Rodgers in a very derogatory manager, manner, but to me, you know, people will say he got lucky at Suarez, he had Sterling. He had to get the best out of those players and he had to make a system to get the best out of those players. Now, with regards to a plan B, again, it could come down to personnel. He might look at the Leicester City squad and think, well, without Jamie Vardy as an example, is Kylie Ianacho? good enough to go in there and, replay. and I would respectfully say no, um, plus the fact that I'm still convinced to this day that he didn't score against Manchester City per- purposely. I'll never forgive him for that. Never. <laughs> Let alone the fact that uh, we had companies sticking one in top bins from 700 yards. <laughs> that, I'll never forget that, Phil. Never.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. You do wonder, don't you, with that? Um, Tom here has asked a question. Um, I think you've touched on it before, but he's saying how much of a miss will Mo Salah be on Sunday?
1: massively massive he's um he's been our our main man this season realistically with regards to the work that he does and um he takes two three defenders out of a game because you probably see him backing into there's always two three defenders around his upper body strength is phenomenal and look if the players we have available him and Mane will be the two I wouldn't want to miss for this game and if Mo is out Again, it's a massive boost. But thankfully, we have dipped into the market in the, in the summer and brought in Diogo Jada. We do have Takumi Minamino as an option as well. We do have Divock Origi. So I think we're a bit better equipped maybe for just one game to miss Salah. But it's massive, massive miss.
2: Um, again, I know we're dotting around here, but questions coming in all the time. Sean asks, uh, who is your favourite Liverpool player? Now, I guess, I guess I'm going to expand that, Craig, and say who's your favourite ever Liverpool player?
1: Robbie Fowler. Um, but it's it called God for a reason. But of the current crop, you touched on him earlier on, Roberto Firmino. I absolutely love Bobby for the reasons you stated. He is our system, he is our press. We defend from the front, he's so important to what we do. And he's not going through the best of goal scoring periods right now. That's you know undeniable. But I love him, I love our beautiful Brazilian. He's um, he's great fun to watch. Uh,
2: a couple of crossover questions between Leicester and Liverpool. Um Ross says, what are your thoughts on Emil Heskey? And somebody else asked earlier, what was your thoughts on Kevin McDonald? I don't know if you remember Kevin McDonald playing for you guys.
1: I don't remember Kevin McDonald. if I'm being honest. Um, With regards to Emil Heskey, extremely underrated. Extremely underrated. Love big Emil. Some of the stuff that man did, and, you know, in a Leicester and Liverpool shirt, he deserves far more credit than he gets. I love Emil Heskey. I will always look at him very fondly, and I think most Liverpool fans will. He's um, yeah, he was some presence, wasn't he, when he was on his on his game up front, powerful, strong. Loved the meal.
2: Uh, Darren, this is tongue in cheek from a Leicester fan, so take it in the spirit. I think he means it. He says, Craig, how much will VAR help
1: you lot out this season? <laughs> oh, I've got stats. <laughs> don't, don't you worry, I've got stats. Um, look, with regard to the VAR situation, let me just get it through so many. This is thrilling. For- reason most goals disallowed most penalties conceded most decisions against most net decisions against and third for goals given against so VAR doesn't help us I can promise you that Uh, not from our perspective anyway
2: Craig I'm with you I think fans I I know from doing this every week Leicester fans as soon as something goes for you it's like, yes, that's darn right to have it. On the minute it goes against you, everybody forgets. Hang on, we've had we've had three dodgy decisions ourselves. So I think what goes around comes around in VAR, just as it would with a ref. But I'd still rather personally not bother with VAR.
1: One of my favourite things about being a football fan is that we all get to be hypocrites. It's beautiful. Yes. We should embrace it. We all get to be hypocrites. We we played in the Europa League.
2: I'm still cursing because it's not the Champions League, but we're playing that and there's no VAR in it. And we were all watching the game the other week. Uh, and at time we suddenly realised there's no VAR in the Europa League. And it was beautiful. There was no stoppages. No, it was just the ref made the odd mistake. We saw it. We just got on with it. It was lovely.
1: Old school. I like it. <laughs> Old school. Line, I'll the job done. <laughs> or trying to, at least. <laughs> uh,
2: Craig, we're going to, before we wrap up in, in about five minutes or so, we're just trying to work out, we'd like to know uh, score predictions from you. We always ask people, what's the score going to be? But uh, if you can talk us through what, where you think the goals might come from. Do
1: you know what? I think, I think I'm think i going to go with the draw that I spoke about earlier on. I mean, I've, I've got tremendous respect for Leicester and um, it's going to be a good game. I always enjoy the games against Leicester, particularly, obviously, at the King Power last season was one of the more enjoyable ones, but... You know, I'll never forget, we were playing against Leicester and I think it was, I'm almost certain, it was Jamie Vardy clattered into Sadio Mane really early doors in that game and set the tone for the entire game. And Leicester bullied us through that game. I'll never forget it. And I think we learned a lesson from that. I think 2-2. Two, two. i doubt a 2-2 two, two score for this one. Um, and I will be giving the same prediction on my own channel, so I'm not coming across to, to kind of try to make friends. I genuinely think it'll be an, a fairly open, entertaining game Leicester may try and sit back a little bit, but if we have Thiago there, can he unlock doors? And, you know, as I said earlier on, Vardy, one sniff, one opportunity. And there's going to be a penalty in the game as well. I'm guaranteeing you that.
2: Well, if Jamie Vardy's involved, there probably will be at least penalty dives going on. I'm a Leicester fan. I'm allowed to say that. If anybody can buy us a penalty, it's Jamie Vardy. We've had eight or nine already.
1: Well, apparently, David Coots on VAR, and he's not very well regarded from for most, obviously, for the Merseyside derby and stuff. So you could well have that penalty.
2: You touched on that four nil win when you guys came to uh, King Power last Christmas time. We were going into that little Christmas period in second place, and we were starting to think that we we were in a title challenge. But you guys absolutely snubbed that out. I wonder, it was that sort of around the time when you guys started to think hang on this season really is shaping up to look like it could be ours when you did demolish us that day
1: 100% a lot of Liverpool fans will pinpoint that game as a real point where we believed because you're right you Leicester were in fantastic form the King Power was always a difficult place to go but that was one of our best performances that season we absolutely blew Leicester away and um, I think we all thought to ourselves maybe 30 years wait is going to be over this season obviously we didn't know what March was going to bring with regards to the enforced break but yeah, that was a massive point, point. and I love Christmas time football. There's something about December, January. It's it's the real hardcore, I think, uh, of the season. It's the real nitty gritty injuries everywhere, games coming thick and fast. And I think that was that was a great game last season from our perspective, of course.
2: And Craig, how, how was it trying to celebrate winning it after this 30 years with, with all the coronavirus stuff that's been going on? Out, did you feel a little bit robbed by it all, or did you just say, "Hey, we'll, we'll take it, whatever"?
1: It was very difficult. You would ideally want to go and celebrate. I would ideally like to have gone over to the city and spent time there. But do you know what was the strangest part? And please don't take this as arrogance because I don't mean it to. Winning it so easily was almost an anticlimactic experience because Liverpool, we do stuff the hard way most of the time. You know, coming back from against Barcelona, Istanbul, that, that's the Liverpool way at times. But to win it the way we did, it was it was strange because we won it. And then we had to look at this mini little Champions League tournament going on after the break that of course we weren't involved in because we'd been knocked out by Atletico and I found that very difficult. It was really strange watching the Europa and Champions League latter stages and we weren't involved. I felt uh, robbed. (laughs) Not from a perspective, we got beaten fair and square, I don't mean it that way, but as a fan, it would have been lovely to finish the season with that. But yeah, look, I mean, people who were in the city centre and people who were born and bred in Liverpool would probably have felt a lot more begrudged than I would, but it was difficult, but I'll take it anyway, we can get it.
2: Brilliant, Craig! Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's interesting going for a two-two. I think it, I think there will be goals, and it will be an exciting game. Craig, can you just shout out to anybody who's watching us? Your uh, the Anfield Agenda. Where can people follow you?
1: Uh, on Instagram, at on Twitter as well, and of course over on our YouTube channel. Um, yeah, get, get us over there. We'll have a stream coming up tonight at about 8.45, I think. And like yourselves, watch alongs, match commentaries, all the usual stuff. But I really appreciate you asking me on. I hope we talk more as the season goes on. It's to all Your viewers will wish you a Merry Christmas if I don't speak to you by then. And stay well and safe.
2: And hopefully, Craig, we'll see you later in the year where you might take Leicester just a bit more seriously. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. All right, Craig, thanks for joining us. Good luck this weekend. Have a good Thank game. Thank you. Cheers. bye That's Craig. Thanks so much to Craig for joining us. That was absolutely brilliant. He talked so much great football. Great sense there. Um, get your final views in, your final comments in. We want to know what your score predictions will be. I'll try and get as many up on screen as possible for this Sunday's match, 7.15. Don't forget it's been moved from Saturday 3 o'clock to Sunday 7.15. We'll be live from 6.45 with our pre-match show, followed by our watch-along and then half-time and full-time fan chat. So you can come on, give us your views as much as you can. Obviously, this Friday, Locks is doing his fan zone show and Sunday, Jamie is doing one of his pre-match aftermath shows. So please do get your comments in, get your scores in. Curtis um, saying 3-2 to Leicester, um, who do you think is going to score first, Curtis? Don't forget that. Ross is saying 2 1 to Leicester with a Vardy brace. I've got, I really fancy it this weekend against Liverpool. I know Craig was super confident there. Well, he was saying a draw. I mean, how confident is that? Current World Club champions, current Premier League champions, and he's predicting a 2 2 draw. It is a strange. Season. Andy, you need to confirm, Andy. 3-0. Who are you going for on that? Do let us know. Uh, Lynette, who's watching on Periscope, says 3-2 to City. Ian says 2-1. Thank you, Andy. 0-3. Now I get it. 3-0 to Leicester. Zab is saying 1-3 to Leicester. All good things must come to an end. I'm not sure we're going to get three, but hey, I didn't think we'd go to Man City and get five. Um, Somebody on the Facebook group saying 4-3 to Leicester. Tielemans scoring first. Good goal for Tielemans against England yesterday. Uh, David Gavin says 3-1 to Leicester. A lot of good positivity here from everybody, which is great. Ian is saying 2-1 to Leicester. Um, Zab is saying for Farna to score and Vardy with two. And um, Alan, thanks Alan for watching, says 3-1 to City with Harvey Barnes scoring. That's a couple of comments in here. Christian, who's watching on YouTube, saying 2-0 to Leicester with a Vardy double uh jamie's going 2-2 curtis is saying i'm going to say jamie vardy penalty first uh who thought villa would get seven says andy i know it is a strange season who thought leicester would win the premier league a couple of years ago not many of us so who knows what's going to happen listen my name's phil this is leicester fan tv thanks again to craig from the anfield agenda thanks for jamie for sorting that out as well uh, stay tuned. Join us later in the week where we'll be chatting with lots of other people. Thanks for watching.
0: Welcome to Leicester Fan TV. With special thanks to our palpins. ADT Taxis, Beat Me, Piglet's Pantry, Tiger, Lester Garage Conversions, Pink Vehicle Leasing, Hologram, The Fox's Arms, Moyer Weight Interiors, and our chosen charity, Memphis UK. We bring you the fans' views on the match each week, and your views matter to us. Join the fans' debate each match with us. Follow us at LeicesterFanTV.